All right, so welcome to the Authentic Conviction podcast. We've got a, a an old friend of mine, uh, known known Dave for quite a while, but uh, Mr. Dave Goodwin, who represents ATC and um, has has run a very very successful business for for many decades. And uh, our story actually goes back to gosh, I think almost 1996, 1997, in my days where I was an outside staff worker at the golf course at Heritage Club. So uh, we're excited. We're going to talk to Dave a little bit today about his successful venture as an entrepreneur and not just being able to become a successful entrepreneur, but there's a lot of, of, of bumps along the way that you got to be positioned for. And we, again, we truly believe that the stronger your conviction, the stronger your ability to handle adversity. So um, we, we're going to hear from, from Dave and hear a little bit about his story. And uh, before that, really just uh, hear a little bit about you personally, Dave, and, and uh, just a brief kind of a uh, few minutes on, 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 on your personal stuff and just a little bit about you so our listeners get to know you a little bit better like I do. Well, Joe, thanks for having me, first of all. I don't know how far back you want me to go, but I was born and raised in Indianapolis, came over to, I went to a Jesuit prep school, Brebuff Preparatory School, and then I came, uh, because Xavier's also Jesuit, I kind of got a line there, came over to play baseball and, and graduated from Xavier, played a couple years in minor league baseball, uh, went to a couple of different recruiters, both of which sent me to different telecommunications companies or long distance companies. One was by the name of Allnet and one was the cable and wireless. And I worked, I chose to go with cable and wireless. I hit it off with the manager and uh, I did a little stint in management. Uh, found out at 25 years old, I was not a very good manager because I didn't understand why people didn't want to work or work as hard as I did anyway. <laughs> so I went from sales to, to management and then back into sales and spent about 10 years there. Uh, they did it. Cable and Wireless did an acquisition and uh, brought in some new customers and new management, and they started messing with the comp plan. And I went from making a very comfortable living to not even being able to pay my bills due to a compensation reduction. And uh, I found out the models of the new comp plan on a Monday, and uh, I resigned that Friday. And uh, the, the wheels were already in motion to start Advanced Technology Consulting or ATC. Uh, we founded that company. I co-founded it with uh, Darren DiMartino, who's in uh, South Windsor, Connecticut, which is a suburb uh, of uh, Hartford. And uh, we've seen a lot of ups and downs in our 21 years now. And so I have, uh, it's kind of funny, we, we were talking before we started here that um, going back in the late 90s, you know, me being a, a young 21 year old, 20 year old, even going back to 96, shoot, I was only 18 or 19 years old. And, um, when my baseball season was over in college, I was, I was working a heritage club. I had the self-awareness to know, I want to go work at places where I can meet people that maybe one day are going to be more likely to hire me, you know? And, and, and I got to see a lot of things and I will say a lot of things and people that I didn't really appreciate or like, and then a lot of people that, uh, that, that I, uh, that I, that challenged me in a way I thought, man, I, that's what I want to be when I'm, when I'm, when I'm 25, 26 and I, and I can get up to my, in my thirties, I want to have success. And, and I will tell you, you know, a lot of those sentences ended like Dave Goodwin and, and it's kind of neat. I mean, you always took us in, we got to go on golf trips together. I'll never forget our trips to uh, wolf run in Indianapolis. Uh, your dad was there and, and, but, uh, you know, that, that whole path, tell me a little bit about, you know, your, when you made that, when you made that transition, and let's kind of fast forward to that time to, 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 you know, being in Heritage Club and being there. How important was your market and your networking ability to, to build and keep those strong relationships to help you build your business? 
Well, I, if I if I could, I might just back back up a tad. I think one of the reasons why we hit it off is, you know, I played some minor league baseball. I played baseball in college. You played baseball in college. So we we kind of had that bond, you know, from the get go. Uh, but then I think you were very similar to me, or we're, we were very similar in, in that, you know, you're working at a high end club. You're around a lot of successful people, and you start to find out some of those things that make them successful. And you start to maybe want to even have some of the things, and when I say things, I might mean toys, but it also might mean some of the same characteristics or traits, right? So I did some valet parking when I was in college, you know, so I've always been a car guy. My family's, my dad's a car guy, so is my brother. So naturally, I wanted to have a nice car, and I wanted to be a member of a nice club, and I wanted to have a nice house, and you start to realize, what characteristics do I have with these others, and, and maybe what do I like, and what do I need to develop? Uh, and I think, you know, everybody knows it's who you know in, in, in life and in business especially. And I think, you know, hang, you hanging around those folks and hanging around with me, I, I was young enough at that time where I could still kind of associate with you and an older crowd, much like you are today, right? Mm-hmm. So it, get, it gave me the ability to, you know, still kind of hang out and, with a younger crowd and, and still be able to connect. But then also with folks my own age, as well as even those that were older that had maybe been more uh, – further along in their careers and their, and their paths to success. So at the end of the day, I mean, I think it's all about who do you know? Uh, what do you learn from those people? What do you like about certain things? And you kind of develop your own, you take a little bit here or there and you, you make this tapestry that's, that, that's your own and it, but it's inclusive of a lot of other things that you probably learned along the way. But for me, I mean, I'm in a business much like you. It's all about relationships. So you really have to be able to connect with a lot of different people. I mean, a diverse crowd, older, younger, male, female, well, uh, you know, minority, non-minority, it really, it really doesn't matter. You got to be able to connect with a wide variety of folks. Mm-hmm. And, and I, the, some of the things that are fascinating, like I've, I've been very selective um, in, in identifying some of the people that I wanted to have these conversations with. I mean, the, the roster is still pretty deep and, 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 but almost everybody on there, you know, I started with people that had a major impact in, in the early part of, of, of my career and even people that have uh, a, an impact on my life today. But uh, the order might be a little bit messed up based on people's availability to come on. But you were always one of those people I can look at now and say, you know, you've changed. You definitely have, uh, you still have all your hair, unlike me. Hmm. Um, might be a little bit grayer than it was back in the in the late 90s. But I think by and large, you know, aside from, you, you know, your wisdom, which I think comes from a lot of failure and a lot of lessons learned in life, for sure. I don't, I don't look at you and think you're this, there's a stark contrast between who you were and the things that you were saying then and now, which is the ultimate, you know, commercial for, for what we talk about with the authentic conviction is you're pretty much the same guy, you know? And it's funny. I mean, you and I even had our words back then because we're, we're like lions, man. We get in a room. We're like, we're going to go at it. Like yeah. at no cost, whatever the cost A's. is, we're going to win. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I'm grateful because you always took us under your wing and you always, I think maybe deep down realize that one day, you know, we'll be where you, you were in your thirties. Right. And, and you helped us along, but, um, you know, talk to me a little bit. So, so now, now you got an unbelievable wife. I adore your wife, Lori. She's just <laughs> Thank been, you. she's been amazing and you have a rock there and, and a really smart, I mean, you talk about an intelligent, strong woman. I have one of those at home too, but, um, you know, you've been able to grow this business, but you know, are there things that stick out, you know, along your journey when you, when you made that decision? And by the way, you redefined yourself when you saw that comp structure, you said, nope, not for me. Probably wasn't easy to make that decision. So maybe that was your first aha moment where, 
if it's not going to kill me, I can, I can survive. Mm -hmm. But are there things that come to your mind that maybe early on in your career that, that were really, really tough lessons, maybe at the time you hate them that you didn't know why, why you were going through it. But now you look back and say, wow, it really helped me get to where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot I can hit on there. A lot of good stuff. First of all, I'd say, you know, uh, although I haven't changed entirely, you know, some of the things that have changed would just be your normal maturity and age, right? I'm more humble than I used to be because I've gone through a lot of different failures, a lot of different trials and tribulations and ups and downs. So I think those teach you a lot and you have to eat a lot of humble pie along the way. Also, as you grow your company, you know, it starts to be, and your family for that matter, it starts to be less and less about you and more and more about everybody else, as I'm sure you've seen in growing your own business and your own family. Um, I, I I don't know if I put my hand on any one good thing or my finger on any one, one thing. I did have a father who really instilled ethics and hard work, high detail, things that have helped me uh, throughout my career. I had a good first boss when I was at Cable and Wireless that taught me, you know, uh, the importance of, uh, of, of giving back. I mean, Xavier did a fair amount of that too, and so did Burbuff for that matter. So I've always given a lot. Uh, I like to say that, you know, ask the question. I know the answer, but am I giving more because I'm making more or am I making more because I'm giving more? And I'll go with the latter because it's still working and, it's, you know, I'm just going to continue that ride until until proven otherwise. But he, the, between Burbuff and Xavier and uh, my, my, my father's name is David also. He's a senior. I'm a junior. My first manager was Mark Bersani. He was, he was really paramount to me taking a longer-term view of everything. Uh, taking care of your customers, not just chasing, you know, bucks or spiffs or compensation, but rather doing the right thing and, and you'll do fine in the end. So I'd say those were a couple of things that kind of put me on the, on the right track. I've had some great mentors along the way, which is probably why you see me give time to younger there's certain people you can tell that are just going to be successful, right? You are one of those guys. And I, and I have some others that are, that are younger than I am, but I kind of feel like I got to give back to them like others gave to me on my ride or my journey to getting where I, where I am. I'll tell you, it's not a destination where I am today. We've had a lot of success late, lately, but we're doing significantly significant things because our goal now in moving and we're getting ready to come out with a new logo, a new website, moving into a new office space, signing a 10-year lease. And the goal is we're going to, it's going to be 10x revenues. So we're expecting to be 10 times the size we are in revenues 10 years from now, 10x. So that is really, when you want to talk about getting you up every day and getting you going, rejuvenating you, but also it's a little bit scary because that's the biggest thing I will have ever signed on in my life when we make that 10-year commitment on the lease. So I think that there, there are ebbs and flows, there are ups and downs. I'm, I'm facing totally new challenges now than I did when we were a, a smaller firm. And we're still not a big firm, but you know, when there were three, four, five of us, it was a lot easier. Now, now we have 12 and we're probably going to be hiring a few more. Uh, I think it was only two years ago, we had five people. Now we have 12. So that kind of gives you the idea of the trajectory or the trends. And that comes with a whole new set of things from systems and processes and people. And there's a whole different set of issues and challenges that I didn't face. But I think I really think it's that journey along the way of so many ups and downs. I mean, you can, Lori, speaking of her, she's a saint. By the way, I couldn't do what I do if it weren't for her because she makes it so that I can work the hours that I work. She does such a good job around the house. I get, you know, just 
Talk about a lifelong partner in a partnership when it comes to letting me really accelerate my business dealings. I couldn't do it without her. But she'll tell you, uh, right before we were getting married, I remember telling her, and she remembers it well, and she's told this story a million times, about how I said, another month like that, and I'm done. You want to talk about trials and tribulations? You want to talk about failure? Another month like that, and I'm done to where we are today 20 years later. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's crazy. The things you brought up, we literally, we by design, I mean, it would be a little bit disingenuous to have an authentic conviction podcast and then prepare everything that we're going to say because that's not very authentic, right? Yeah, I was surprised to see you're not reading off anything and neither am I, so it's off the cuff. No, that, that's it. And, and, and that's what I want it to be. And the crazy thing is, is without really any preparation other than just talking about we want to deal with, uh, talk about how you deal with adversity and how, you know, a little bit about your journey is, you know, the things that you're sharing with me right now, it's unbelievable. You talked about changing your logo. You talk about making big moves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or as I always say, I always say, uh, I bought this shirt for, for, uh, for, my, for my son. It's uh, silent, silent moves, big results, right? Like you, you're silent about it. It doesn't mean they're not big moves. Mm-hmm. But like you're doing these things because you're convicted in what you know is going to happen. Doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to happen. But we're going through the same thing. And if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, well, why are you rebranding? Why are you changing your logo? Why are you moving offices? Why are you making this change? Why are you making that change? I can, with full clarity and a full heart, say exactly why and know that, like you said, I, I know where we're going to be in two years, and it's going to be in a completely new height than where we are today. And to hear that from you, I will just tell you, is, is motivating. And to hear it off the, on the heels of, of what the question was, which was how you've dealt with adversity, you turn that into, yeah, we had adversity, but now we're going to be 10 times bigger in, in 10 years. It's unbelievable. Yeah, well, I think some of it, you know, we're fortunate that we're in a residual-based business, so that makes it a little bit easier. Um I don't want to say easy, but easier than people that start over every you know day or week or month or what have you. Uh, it, so it is nice to keep building something that keeps growing and know that you can kind of you can kind of count on that at least for the most part. I mean, there's no guarantees, right? You could have customers that go out of business, vendors that go out of business, or what have you. But that that helped. I'll tell you what really gave it to me two major things. One, like I've been here, I've done that. I got a good friend uh, Brian Young who says, "What is it? I've been up." I've been down and I've been, uh, and I'll be both places again. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I look at you know, what we've already gone through. And then we just went through first time in my lifetime, a pandemic and all the challenges that that brought to business and just people and lives and families, so on and so forth. And I said, how do we come through that? That's a very difficult time for most people. I mean, I know you have the likes of Amazon and some others that are really flourished during uh, a downtime, but for most people, it's pretty hard. We still grew by like 13% over a record year where we were up 30. So, so if that's the downside, I'm feeling like if you really want to, if you really want to have a tremendous upside, everybody knows common laws of life and business would say you can't have low risk and big reward. It just doesn't happen that way. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're on that par five, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You might hit it out of bounds. You might hit it in the water, but you also might hit it on a two and make your birdie. So you know that there's, it's a risk reward game. And now I'm in a different position in my life where the kids are older. We have one in the house, but she's 17. So she only has a year left. So I, I'm, this is my big push at toward the end of my career, the writing's on the wall, the industry is right, the channel, which is what we are, an indirect sales organization, 
specialization or consulting firm, but we we're indirect with a lot of different vendors, much like you. You have mm-hmm. multiple lines that you represent, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just the right time. So when you talk about infrastructure, people, systems, processes, like all of that is being built now to scale for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I might be passing the baton to somebody else. We'll see. <laughs> well, you brought up golf. Have you ever in your life seen me lay up on a par five? No, I do a lot though, <laughs> only because history has taught me that I make more birdies laying up than I do when I go for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I don't leave it in the bag. No. Um, so, uh, and you also now you you have a uh, it's it, for for those that are listening, uh, it's interesting because Dave is a, is a client of mine and and I'm a client of Dave's, and I just think that reciprocation is 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 so key in building strong relationships. You know, you can't give something to everybody. You know, but. I've never once thought about, you know, uh, anything other than how happy I am with it. And, and that's not just because of the products. I mean, you know, I've always said, you know, our, 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 so some of the changes we're making right now, you know, people will often ask, well, why are you making those changes? I don't see the glaring, shiny reason why you're making the change. And, and, and I look at them with a straight face and say, you know, we are asking people to buy into us, right? Like you, you do business with me, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. So, you could literally find those products if it's insurance, of investments, whatever it might be. You can find them with 80 people within a five zip code radius, right? Oh, and I probably know 40 off the top of my head. Yeah. And so what really what, you, what you're working with is me. It's human capital, you know? And, and so it's funny how we ask people to buy into our human capital and our value as a, as, a, as a person. Yet when we're going to make changes or analyzing other changes, we don't place value in that human capital. And, and I always say, you know, you're buying into that human capital. You might not have more technology. You might, you might not have up, steps up in, in other areas. But if I got people that buy into what we're doing, that's that's my first thing I look for. So for you and, and me being a client of yours, um, you know, we it's funny because of, of you always have a couple degrees of separation, but you got a great young man working for you. I mean, we, we'd be remiss if we don't give him a shout out. But I mean, my man, Nick Inger, has, has been amazing. And I think he would say the same thing that I, same thing that I'm about to say is, You've been an unbelievable mentor for him. So how have you been able to take that? You know, I've always say on this podcast, if, if 43-year-old me, you believe that? For, I'll be 44 in April. It could go back to 24-year-old me. Number one, I probably wouldn't like what I see. There's a lot of the same things inside, but they didn't manifest the way I, I, that they do as a 44-year-old or 43-year-old. So I, I'm sure you've had time to think about like, wow, I didn't like maybe 25-year-old Dave or 30-year-old Dave, but now, you know, where you are now with more wisdom and, and more emotional IQ, have you been able to pass that on to Nick so that he can better prepare himself and avoid some of those pitfalls? Well, we both we both had a lot of testosterone and bravado and uh, so forth. So at the end of the day, I think we both needed to have the, you know, kind of the sharp edges smoothed out over the course of our lives. So when you talk about looking back when we were 25, I mean, I think that's, you know, especially for anybody that's played athletics at a high level, you know, you have to have extreme confidence to even be able to compete, right? So I think that's kind of not normal for everybody, but certainly normal for folks in that mold. As far as Nick, he, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of similarities between the two of you. I know he's a little bit younger than you. I think he's maybe 36 and you're 43 and I'm 54, but I think we all kind of walk in the same path. It's a lot about our reputation it's a lot about doing the right thing. It's a lot about serving others, our ethics. Uh, I mean, there's, there, you know, there's a certain amount of pride and ego in a good way that makes you want to make sure that those things are 
in line, right? Because at the end of the day, like every night I go to sleep, make a very good living. The company's, you know, really flourishing, as I said earlier. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't have any skeletons in my closet. I have mm-hmm. no problem sleeping at night because we make our money by being the best at what we do. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. So we are literally helping people and helping businesses with their technology so that it improves their businesses. I mean, you can feel good about doing that every every day, right? And a lot of your products, especially in the insurance, you're making sure that if somebody dies, that, that, that the family is going to go on and the people are going to be taken care of. Uh, and I see that there's a lot of similarities between, and, and also your, your business. I mean, I know you're more financial and insurance based, but at the end of the day, you're, you're taking care of people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so are we, and you have multiple lines that you represent. I know you have some favorites and you have some ones that you do more business with than others. Uh, and, and so do we, but it's usually based upon performance and, and how well they're taking care of your clients. Right. So it puts us in a unique position that all we have to do is keep taking care of people. It's really that simple. You're using maybe insurance products or financial products to do it. We're using technology services or products to do it. But it comes down to just taking good care of people, mm-hmm. you know, and treating people like they want to be treated. And talk about the the uh, Heritage Club tree of success here. It's like the Belichick uh, cradle of coaches, right? Like, For sure. Because uh, Nick which, worked there too. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he so, was driving a moped at 11 years old. That's how he was getting there <laughs> yeah. to start. And he was in the cart room. I used to pick on on them so bad, but you know, all in good fun, right? But like Nick was in, Nick was in. Uh, we still call him Nickalicious. But yeah. he was he was in the the cart room with me, and I managed those guys. And um, that was closer to my time of graduating from Miami and getting into the real world. But um, you know, it, what I saw and what I still see, you know, I've always said people when people bring things up to me, and I know that you're you're getting to this point now, but they'll bring things up to me and say, "Hey, Joe, you know, I remember this thing you did for me, or this this thing you invited me to, or whatever." And it means so much to them. And we do it so often that maybe we don't understand the gravity that it had in that moment, you know? For sure. But like, I have those memories with you. And I, I mean, I would say I brought up earlier, just our wolf run trips, you know? And and, and, and and you thought of me enough to say, let's go do it. That was not an easy course to get on and it was a treat, right? Mm-hmm. But I also remember as much, you and Lori invited me to sit at your table at the Dress for Success event on mm-hmm. a couple different occasions. And, and me seeing, wow, look at this guy give back, you know? And I've never... I've, I never say no, like I I'm, and, but I've learned that, you know, I don't think you go from not being a, a servant, not being a, a person of gratitude to all of a sudden you see somebody do it and you're like, Oh, let me give some people have T-Rex arms and that's just how they're going to be. Right, right. Right. Can't reach the wallet. Yeah. You've always been a giver. I've always been a giver. Now to what level you, we were able to give more as we're more successful. Like you said, you, you make more cause you give more. Mm-hmm. I love that. But you know, I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence that that I watched your path. I watched how you did things. You know, and that's and, and that along with other people, obviously not just you, but a lot of people, it, it made me realize that's the way to do business. I watched how you network with people and the relationships that you built, how you handled adversity. Um, now you look at a guy like Nick, and the reason I brought him up is it's got to be something that you're super proud of because now Nick is running one of the greatest charity. I mean. That hoodie foundation, the hoodie memorial foundation. He's doing a fantastic job. Oh with that. my gosh, the way you guys get involved and what he's doing for Lindsay and 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 and, and in hoodies hoodies memory, you know, do, you know, I'm sure that you have moments where you sit back almost like he's your son, right? In some I way. Do. Although I don't want to say I take any credit for that hoodie because I'm very that that's really it's not all Nick, but he is definitely the motor that makes that run. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, he, it it's all him. I didn't want to say it that way, but but I, I think what I'm saying is is Nick had a mentor. He had people that he was watching and things that became a reality 
because when the things that we see and the people around most of the time is is is, is front of mind, you yeah. know. And so to well, I mean, see it's the that, same thing you did, it's right. the same thing I did. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't see me when I was doing it because I'm the oldest of us three. Mm-hmm. But I was doing the same things. I was looking at the people that I I wanted to emulate. Mm-hmm. I wanted to emulate their lifestyle. I don't I don't know. You could say a variety of things. I mean, for selfish reasons, you might say. You know, you wanted to have a, you know, a nice or pretty or intelligent wife and you wanted to have a nice house or you wanted to be a member of this club or you wanted to have this kind of car or whatever. Those were some of the things at a younger age that uh, that I think drove you guys and drove me. Today, it's just a little more refined. Now, it's not Mm -hmm. so much about, well, I mean... I have a nice wife and I have a nice house, but my point is, is I'm I'm not driving after things so much anymore as, as it is the ability to help others and give donations and set up the family to a certain degree and maybe build a legacy. I don't know if you know, but Lori and I did a ten year pledge at, at uh, for Xavier University. They took their old uh, O'Connor Sports Center, which is like a multi use intramural as well as some other things. Well, there were some teams there that really didn't have much of a locker room. I mean, the basketball teams did, obviously, because of the Centos Center. So they turned the O'Connor Sports Center into uh, the Height Family Champion Center. And Lori and I made a 10-year pledge. So they're naming the baseball locker room after us. Uh, and it's, it's, it's more things like that. Like, other than, I guess, they put a name on a locker room. Okay, so maybe we get that out of it, but that's not why we're doing it. You know, you don't pledge that kind of money because you're doing it for personal gain. You're mm-hmm. doing it because you're going to help others. Mm-hmm. And I think that university did a nice job of setting me up for the things that I've enjoyed in my life uh, in terms of um, not only success, but more just the qualities, the makeup of me, the, the, the man that I am, and the comfort that I have with myself. Some people, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm not soft on myself or anyone. But that doesn't mean you can't be a good person. You know, when I look at you, you're talking about picking on Nick, right? I think today in society, I don't want to get too far off traffic track here, but we're a little bit soft as a society. You know, mm-hmm. that, that I understand we don't want to haze people. We don't want to hurt people. But some of that stuff where you were getting picked on or you were picking on somebody else, you were probably on both sides of that coin, right? I have older brothers. Yeah. So, yeah. It, But it teaches you. It toughens you up, yep. right? You get callous to it. You get to where you can, you can take some of that stuff and she'll still just keep on going. And there's no way that you could say as you as an entrepreneur or me that some of that toughness that you build up from some of those moments that we're so shying away from today, sometimes they make a man a man. Sometimes mm-hmm. they make you or they give you that ability to be persistent and uh, what's what I'm looking for, where you just kind of keep keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Ups and downs don't matter. You just mm-hmm. keep on going, right? Yeah. It'll it'll work out. You'll figure it out. Res- just resiliency. It yes, creates resilience. It creates a resiliency. And, and I, you know, I know you've talked to your kids about this. Again, the, the similarities are endless, but, you know, you coached your son in baseball actually for the same organization that I, that I, I played for as a young kid. Um, but it's, you know, teaching those lessons. Yeah, I did have that. I mean, I was in a wrestling room. For for a nationally ranked wrestling team, like you know, I wrestled too. Yeah, did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and we both not, still have good not ears. Like, not like you do, but I, <laughs> I did. I did wrestle probably two or three years in some AAU. But yeah, hardest sport ever. Practices were brutal. It is, and you know, for me, it was at Lakota. These teams were unbelievable. Sending guys to state every single year. You just when you get out of practice, like that was the biggest challenge every week was pr- just practice, you know. But like it prepared me for. There's nothing I couldn't have handled after that, you know. When I'm sleeping in garbage bags because the coach tells me I gotta get down to 135, and I thought I was wrestling 140 the night before. I gotta lose five pounds when I get home. But like, you know, all that stuff. But um, let me ask you. This. So uh, 
I, I love asking people this. Have you ever, and you obviously don't have to name this, but uh, name the person or the, or the company, but you ever had to fire a client? That friend that I told you about, Brian Young, yeah, he talks about style matches, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can want to do business and they might fit in your sweet spot or they might be your target client or in your target market, but sometimes there just isn't a style match, mm -hmm. right? Like I don't, I don't want to work with this guy. Chemistry, every day. no chemistry, yeah, none. Yeah, like it's just abrasive or difficult, or maybe you feel like they don't have the same kind of ethics that you do, or maybe it's one sided in terms of everything. Just because they're the customer, they think they can just, you know beat you up and treat you disrespectfully or my staff, my team, you know, there's just some people. So would we, would I say that we had to fire anyone? I don't know that it was come back and say, Hey, we're not going to be able to do this for you anymore. It would just be more over time, kind of weaning them off more times than not. It's on the front end where we're just like, nah, not a good fit. Sorry. Mm -hmm. No style match, no chemistry. Don't like the way this is going. We'll just go somebody else. Yeah. Go, yeah. I'm sorry. Go somewhere else. So uh, now you're in the hot seat here. So this whole authentic uh, conviction. So what we're going to do uh, be something that we could talk about too in the future is we are. It doesn't really relate as much to your business, although I agree. Even though you're in, you're in, you're doing a di you're selling and moving a different product, and we're doing it a different way. At the core, we're still making people better. We're serving mm -hmm. them. We're uh, you know fulfilling objectives. Uh, but I just truly believe that most people that come into this business. Um, you know, maybe this was Nick, maybe Nick would say this about 10 years ago, or you would say it in the beginning of your career. We don't take a lot of time to uncover what makes us different, what makes us unique, right? We will, we'll beat ourselves up a lot, but we never say, well, okay, if I'm the product, if human capital is that important, shouldn't I maybe understand what that value is? And we, and we are going to train people on how to uncover that value before they get into anything else, their language, you know, we obviously you need to overhaul vernacular sometimes, you know that. Right. But if I were to ask you right now, Dave, tell me, tell me three to five things that are absolutely great about you that make you make you awesome. What would those <laughs> things be? Man. Um, I'd say probably if I could just make it one real authentic, genuine like that, that would be one of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, all my friends know, for bad or for good, that you know what you have. Mm -hmm. With Dave, you know what you have. Like, mm -hmm. there's no, I, I'm not this way with this group of people and this way with that group of people. I, I just am who I am. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do, I'd say the second thing was I do a lot of introspection. I mean, from meetings that I run to with, with clients to meetings that I have with vendors to meetings and conversations that I might have with my family, my, my kids, my wife. Uh, it, my employees, all of that, like a lot of introspection, mm -hmm. uh, a lot more, especially today than maybe I once had where it was just, you know, my way or the highway and I'm going a million miles an hour and get out of my way or get run over. Like that doesn't, that's just not who I am today. So that'd be another one. Uh, I give back a lot. I, it's just a part of who I am. Uh, and I think that that has served me well. Uh, Can I ask you a quick question? Sure, far away. I couldn't help but notice the reaction you gave me when I first asked you that. Does that create discomfort when you have to talk about yourself? Uh, as I've gotten older, yeah. I mean, when you're <laughs> younger, sure. I mean, my, I, I, I mean, there's times where I'm the one doing the talking because maybe people are asking me or I'm, it's expected of me because people are learning or I'm teaching or whatever the case may be. But more times than not, I want to put myself, other than when I'm giving back and trying to mentor folks, whether it's structured, formal mentoring or not, because I do some mentoring for Xavier. That's more of a structured kind of program, whereas like you and Nick, that wasn't 
that wasn't structured. That was just relationship. Yeah. I just, I just liked you guys and I mm-hmm. saw the, the ambition in you mm-hmm. guys. And so I wanted to help out in my little ways that I might be able to help out. Uh, but as I get older, yeah, it's a little less comfortable to talk about me and more comfortable to talk about somebody else. So that was going to be my next part is, you know, I can't help but see in your eye when you, and, and it's pretty awesome. I mean, even when we're, if we're doing planning for, for you and Lori at the house or, or if, if it's socially, like when we were going out to eat after the member guests or at, you know, whatever it might be, I can see your guys's chemistry. I can see your connection. So if I say to you, you know, name me three things that you, that you, that you think make Lori awesome, that make her different, unique. What are they? She's strong. No, po- no hesitation there. No, she's strong, strong, strong willed. Uh, and, uh, I would say intelligent, like no question that her IQ is higher than mine. I get by because I, I feel like I have a lot of street smarts. I have a lot of EQ. She has a lot of IQ, so it makes for a very good balance. Um, so intelligence, when I said when I said strength, I meant like she's a strong – I mean, behind every strong man is a strong woman usually because mm-hmm. they need to be. Otherwise, we'd run them over, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, you know, when we get older and we – you know, it's a little bit different. But when you're, They just get run over when we're younger because we're just hell-bent on – success and getting there and moving forward as fast as we can. So I've, I, you've probably heard that before that behind every strong man is a strong woman. So I'd say strength, uh, her intelligence, uh, and she's a fabulous mother. Mm-hmm. So someday grace will probably appreciate that a little bit more. But <laughs> Teenage years really are hard. Is. You said behind every strong man is a strong woman. I've also heard that, uh, behind every successful man stands a very surprised mother-in-law. So that, that's the other line that you can use. <laughs> I'm sure her mother, I'm sure her mom has been surprised plenty of times. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll bring this to a close here, but I've always, I always like asking this because number one, I will tell you that, you know, I've got, I've got great, very fond memories of, I, I get a little sad sometimes. I'm a nostalgic guy. You know, it's like you, you look back over your journey and me, you know, kind of finishing up writing a book and doing this podcast, it forces you to unpack a lot, you know, and I've always said that, um, you know, there's a lot of strength and vulnerability, you know, and like you, you talked about the bravado and the strength and the confidence that we have. And it's like, we were taught as young men that don't let them ever let them see a sweat, you right. know, like always show strength. And it's like the older I get watching old yeller and you had to try not to cry. Right. right? Yeah. Or what's the one with Gail Sayers and Oh, Brian's song. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I cry, I cry it. I cry in comedies now. Oh, like, dude, it's terrible it's, now. I cry. Who cries during the office? I've actually cried during the office, but, but it's like, you know, I've always said that there is great strength and vulnerability, you know? And I think now when I look back, I, I, I reflect on, I look back and I said, like you said, I, I don't, that emotional maturity that I have now gives me such clarity in my mind that I don't worry about, I used to judge myself for things, I mistakes I made in the past or things that maybe didn't sit well. I always wanted everybody, you know that about me. I always want everybody to like me, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I realize if I, if that's my mission in life, I'm going to die trying because you can't, you're going to fail. And, uh, but, but for you, you know, what would your, what would your final lesson be? Because I always want people to bring things out of this and say, wow, I really, I got some takeaways from that, you know, but what would, what'd you say? 53, 54, 54. I wouldn't have guessed that January still doing all right, Dave. Thanks. Uh, so, and I could, I could say to the audience, he can still hit it, hit the ball a long way too. (laughs) Um, but you know, what is 50, what would 54 year old Dave say to, to 30 or 25 year old Dave, you know, in terms of, of that emotional IQ of those life lessons? 
I really, you know, I'm a high detail guy, right? So I read this book. So, so my wife would tell you, like, I'm and employees too. I'm hypercritical, like to a fault. Um, it's great at work, right? Because I see things that maybe others don't. I can read something and find every little grammar misspelling, out of context, vocabulary, all that. But it also is a little bit too much for people that aren't that self-critical, right? It's over the top. So I have to learn to temper that. I would say, and I forgot where I was going with that, but what I was leading into is Lori would tell you one of my greatest attributes, and I'm very critical, is that I will criti- I criticize myself harder than anybody else. Mm-hmm. But in today's environment or today's, at my age today, I don't beat myself up too much over it. I, I do some introspection. I'm hypercritical of myself. And then I compartmentalize it. I mm-hmm. learn from it and I move on. She would tell you, I move on from everything. And, and, and sometimes it even looks like I don't care about things that, that I should care about or that I do care about. It just doesn't look that way because I move on. I, it doesn't matter. You got to think about all the trials, trials and tribulations that I've gone through in my lifetime. And I got to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like failure is not an option. I mean, it's going to happen from time to time, but you can't go in welcoming it. You got to go in with the idea that I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'll make it through. So I think there are too many people that kind of something bad happens. They want to continue to beat themselves up about it. And I think all it does is take away from your energy, take away from optimism. It really keeps you from kind of moving forward as much as you could as if you were dwelling on the past right but you did that a lot as a young person yeah for sure yeah um, we're watching well, i didn't uh, go through as much stuff then right over right. the course of time there's been a lot more bad stuff that i've had to deal with in my lifetime some of which i may cause some of which somebody else might have caused that just happened to me but at the end of the day you get better at dealing with it and if you just let it suck the energy or the life out of you what's it serving what's the purpose we have a great show. We got we got caught up watching. I just need some like you at the end of the day. I don't want to sit and think. You know, I want I want to do something thoughtless. You I left love, it all in the field at the office. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like that's it, man. I'm like I want to just sit and be kind of a moron. You right. know, that's just watching edge. sports, watching. Yeah. So we found a cool show to watch on net. I think it's on. Uh, no, it's on HBO Max. I think uh, it's called Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's it. about this this guy Jason Sedakis. I think is how you say his name. He's a he's a football coach in Kansas at Wichita and. He gets a job to go be a soccer coach in the Premier League over in England. And it's kind of funny because they brought him over to actually fail. But anyway, people end up liking him because he was brought over to fail as a revenge from the owner who got divorced from her husband, blah, 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 blah. But he's on the field. He's coaching these, these guys, and he brings one of the players over, and he says, you know, do you know what the, what the happiest creature is on earth? And the soccer player looked down and was like, no. He said, it's a goldfish because they only have a 10-second memory. Yeah. And, and and I thought, what a what a cool line that is, you know, a goldfish. And well, think about the D, the DBs, the defensive backs in the football, right? Yep. You better have a short memory because you just got toasted for a touchdown, right? And now you got to come back and guard that same guy again, and they're going to come it back at happen. you. No, they are. <laughs> yeah, it's like the baseball. As soon as you boot it around a little bit, you know it's going to find you every Ball time it comes off the dummy. bat. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but anyway, you know, it's this is this has been great. I really appreciate. It. I know how valuable your time is. 
Um, but I, uh, like you talked about giving back, I think this is something that's great for everybody that, that, that does listen and, and the messages that, that people can learn from your, your successful career. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your mentorship, what you've meant to me, what you've done for me and your wife and, uh, look forward to catching up one year from today. We're going to, we're going to have a recap on how these things have been working out for you. And I'll throw my hat in the ring too. We'll, we'll do an accountability check on how we've done. Love it. All right, cool. It's been a pleasure. Thanks yeah, for having thanks, me. Thanks, Dave. Hope the listeners get something out of it. Oh, they will. All right. Thank you.